morning. Welcome to In Other Words. I am Susan Scher, your host of In Other Words. Today I have with me a man named Eric Energy. No, that's not his real name, but that's his professional name. And we're going to see why. Eric, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. What is your actual name? My real name is Eric Krupkin. But if you want to look him up, look up Eric Energy. Now, why are you called that? Well, I knew that I needed a name for my business. I knew I needed a name that kids were going to remember. I asked my father, and he came up with Eric Energy. And I said, you know what? That, that's it. And that, that stuck with me for the past 18 years. 18 years? 18 years. Okay, you've been doing this for 18 years. Correct. What is it you have been doing for 18 years? It's been a long, long road. I definitely have taken an unconventional pathway to success. (laughs) Uh, When I graduated from college, I went to SUNY Albany in New York. And my intention was that uh, I was going to continue my pathway of leadership. I had been in youth group. I had been a leader on the soccer field. I had been a religious school teacher. And I knew that I was great getting up in front of people, uh, speaking, uh, Mm -hmm. public speaking. I I wanted to be a politician. I wanted to be a lawyer. When I went to college, I decided that I was going to study political science. I wanted to be a politician. I wanted to be president of the United States of America. Why not? I quickly found out was political science was not a very fun uh, subject to be studying. I wanted to do something that was fun, something that I enjoyed. Now that's interesting because we all do, but very few people think they can actually achieve that. Absolutely. So I dropped political science and I became a communications major. I thought, you know what, I'm going to work in something that I really love to do. I wanted to uh, do something that was a little bit different. And then the communications department at Albany, they said, you know what, see you later. Thanks very much for coming. So at that point... No, no job placement assistance. Exactly. I knew I didn't want to go back home. I'm originally okay. from Buffalo, New York. And uh, I knew at that point I really had uh, the opportunity to go anywhere I wanted to go. Uh, I knew that I had had a lot of fun in Florida on vacations visiting my grandparents. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to move to Florida. Had you ever visited in the summer? I have not. Vi- I had not visited in the summer. I had only visited on during breaks. And during that time, it was a fabulous experience. Yeah, then you hit summer. I quickly realized after <laughs> I moved to Florida that it wasn't a, a, a great place to live. It was a, it's a great place to visit. Not a great place to live, especially if you are right out of college and you haven't really found what you're looking for yet. I um, started interviewing for jobs. I uh, quickly realized that uh, they weren't hiring anyone fresh out of college for these jobs that uh, I was interviewing for. So I needed to make some money to go off on my own and get an apartment. Mm -hmm. So I uh, ended up interviewing for a place that did science shows for kids. Mm -hmm. Which is, let's tell the audience now, what you do. Correct. Yeah. So that was one of my very first jobs out of college. I interviewed with this company. They showed me a video and I said, wow, that looks like something that is a lot of fun and something that I could do. So I ended up getting a full-time position. I was making $8 an hour. This was what, 20 years ago? This is in 1997. That was not bad then. Not bad at all. It was definitely enough to get my, myself an apartment. I there was you uh, you know, a happy bachelor at the time. And I uh, ended up going all across South Florida, going to schools, camps, birthday parties, doing these science shows. They gave me all the materials and the mm-hmm. guidelines on how to do it. 
And, and they booked them for you. They booked me for them. They booked them for me. And yeah. I quickly found out that, hey, you know what? I'm really good at this. I was getting a lot of positive feedback. And within six months, the operations manager had moved on to another job. They said, hey, we're going to appoint this guy, meeting me, you. to operations manager of this franchise company. And at the time, I was overjoyed. I was in charge of the hiring, of uh, the booking, the sales, the marketing. Plus, I was going out to do shows. I was definitely satisfied uh, career-wise with what I was doing. About a year so, later... So you liked all the marketing stuff, the back-end yes, stuff? Yes, I liked okay. being, being in control. I find it interesting that they assumed because you could do the shows, you could do all the other stuff. Because right. that is, there is no correlation. Absolutely. My, uh, you know, background, my resume certainly said that I had experience being a leader, but I had no experience being a business leader. Oh, yeah, or a manager. Correct. Yeah. Entirely different. I was passionate about this business. I quickly picked it up. And okay. it was very easy to do. Um, I was able to, you know, run this company because it was already kind of running itself. So you didn't have to create anything. You just had to keep it going. Exactly. With, okay. I, they had already. It does make had, it easier to yes, run. Yes, they already yeah. had a solid base of mm -hmm. schools and you mm -hmm. know advertising and parties. All I had to do was kind of step in and, and maintain it. Yeah. Rather than I only got the opportunity to do that for maybe less than a year, about a year, because the franchise was then sold to somebody else, scratch, and realized that they couldn't afford to have an operations manager, they made me move on. So at that point, I was like, wow, I, I was really good at this job. Wait a minute, they, they let you go? They let me go. They had to. Oh. And as manager, but, but what about as presenter? As both. Oh. They let me go. They said, you know what? We're going to start over. They started over. Okay. And at that point, I... Kind of like know, changing administrations. You get rid of the old... Exactly, person. right? They, they wanted to basically start from scratch. Mm -hmm. And I... Um, you know, went through a little bit of shock, but, you know, soon I, I picked up a, an ad from a local toy store that was creating an experience in their stores where they would have shows for kids, mm. you know, featuring the toys that they you know, were selling. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was hired as an assistant manager. You did have experience with the back end, which is important, and yes. you did have experience with kids. And that's what they really wanted to mm -hmm. maximize was that. I quickly realized that they weren't able to put a lot of you know, attention to the shows inside the stores. They were really worried about the dollars and cents of the toy store, and I became a toy store manager. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't really want to be a toy store manager. <laughs> I, I really missed doing these shows for kids, so mm -hmm. I said, you know what, I'm going to write my own shows. And at the time, the hot toy of the year in 1998 was the yo-yo. I knew the... Uh, the structure of the shows that I had been doing. Mm -hmm. I knew what the schools really wanted and what, you know, people, parents really wanted. And I created my own uh, program. It was called Yo-Yo Mania. It started with the science of the yo-yo, the history of the yo-yo. Since I was a toy store manager, my job was to learn yo-yo tricks. I learned <laughs> yo-yo tricks. Right. And um, I, you know, put at the end a, a little yo-yo workshop where kids got to come up and use my yo-yos, and it was interactive. Mm -hmm. And I went to all my old contacts at the, you know, the science business, uh, right. and I said, hey, you know what? I got this other show that I do it, mm -hmm. and I'll charge you a lot less. And I started doing that in my spare time. I was still a full-time toy store manager, mm -hmm. but Eric Energy was born. My very first customer was the toy store that I worked at. And they hired me to do programs uh, in their stores 
And, you know, I would call the JCCs, I would call, you know, PTAs. Jewish Community Centers. Yep, I would call... Parent Teachers you know, Association. And yeah. I put an ad in the uh, parent uh, magazine, the parent, the South mm-hmm. Florida Parenting Magazine, and boom, my business was, was started. Now, that's interesting because it's not usually that easy. It was easier for you because you already knew the business, you already had a lot of the contacts. Mm-hmm. Is that what made it work for you? Well, really, I think the success of my specific company happens to be with me. Okay, now how does a yo-yo teach science? So the yo-yo is a machine, believe it or not, it's not uh, Mm -hmm. something you plug in, but it's a machine that will teach kids about physics, about gravity, about momentum, about friction. Okay. Different things, different science concepts you can get from a myriad of different toys Obviously, a preschooler doesn't really want to know too much about momentum and friction yet. But they certainly are, you know, enthralled by the yo-yo. And after a couple of years, I developed more programs. Dry ice, matter, air Boy, experiments. dry ice is magic. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, you know, exactly what the wow factor is all about. And really, my business is the wow factor. I get kids engaged because I do things that they are saying wow to. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that, hey, you know what? We're actually learning why this is happening and how come this is occurring. Now, dry ice has got to be one of the most spectacular wows. Definitely one of my favorites and certainly one of my customers' favorites. Yeah. So what other wows are there? I do a, a whole program about electricity. And I'll make indoor. You get a lot of wows with that. That's right. I'll do indoor lightning that uh, will come out of a Tesla coil. I'll light up different colored lights and different circuits. Then we'll do uh, the hair raising activity. Oh, I remember the that. The Van de Graaff generator. We'll stick somebody's hair up. Talk about static electricity. I keep the show going. It's constantly mm-hmm. from wow factor to wow factor, and it's the ability for them to participate. Mm-hmm. So. I asked for volunteers almost for every experiment. I learned a long time ago that if everyone in the show doesn't participate, it was not a very good show. We also, of course, make slime. Slime is very hot again. I saw that, yes. Not only do we we make slime, but we teach kids what is in slime. How does it work? Kids get to make their own and choose their color. They could also put in stuff, like if you wanted to put in glitter or if you wanted to put in mm-hmm. like little shapes. <laughs> so it's Elmer's glue, washable paint, mm-hmm. and borax solution, solution. You got it. Which is about 4% yes. borax. With that, you'll make a silly putty. The Elmer's glue creates a silly putty style of slime. But when you use the polyvinyl alcohol, it creates that gack type of that transparent type of slime <laughs> you know only for slime uh, connoisseurs uh, yeah. can you really tell the difference yeah but that is cool kids cannot get enough of this absolutely in my 18 years i you know have really been passionate about trying to do 110 percent every time i do a, a program now the kids see all this stuff and it's really cool mm-hmm. and it gets them real excited mm-hmm. how does that translate to a real interest in science? So what I'm doing is I'm getting them excited about science. There may not be uh, too many technical uh, things, you know, especially when you're talking about preschool and young elementary school right. uh, age kids, um, but 
what we do is we are now turning the science into the kids' world around them. We're getting kids to ask questions. My shows are getting kids to ask questions not only about their world, but about mm -hmm. everything in general. What I like to present to them is wonder. Why are things happening around you? Then we go into experiment. Find out the final part of our scientific process, which is discovery. I've now come to a conclusion about yeah. what is going on. Or you, you've asked the questions mm -hmm. and they go, huh, yeah. And then you do the experiments that shows them the answer to the question. Yes, each experiment is the answer to why something is happening. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you're doing is just getting the kids to realize that science is all around them and that they use it every day. Mm -hmm. And by using music, by using uh, dancing, by mm -hmm. using things that will engage the kids, I'm giving them the knowledge of what's happening in their area, in, in their surroundings, in their environment, and then come to a discovery. Why does the wind blow? Can't tell them it's the Coriolis effect. Mm -hmm. So what do you tell them? The question that I ask them is, what makes the trees go back and forth? So we've got programs about food science. We've got programs about magnets. We've got, you know, after-school programs that we can do a different topic of science every week, depending on the type of program that they're running. And you've been listening to In Other Words. I'm your host of In Other Words, Susan Scher. Thanks for joining us. Join us again. Bye-bye.